When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we talk about movies and TV from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. And I'm your host, Craig Fay. And this week we are talking about Toy Story 2, the winner That's of right. Redemption Month. Oh, yes, man. absolutely. <laughs> So this was uh, this is the second redemption round for Toy Story Two. So Toy Story Two has gone down in history as losing uh, two audience choice votes by one vote each time, and it finally <laughs> pulled it through this time. I don't know why we just didn't do it, but yeah, it was uh, all of our closest ones uh, from the past year uh, got through, and uh, Toy Story 2, uh, won it, I think by like, uh, won it by like two votes this time. So like real tight, real tight. <laughs> I mean that to me, that checks out for Sto- Toy Story 2. It's like my, my least favorite, but still great. <laughs> yeah. Does that make any sense? Like absolutely. I, for as far as the toy, I, I, I love Toy Story. I don't know how you can't love Toy Story. It is a touching, wonderful tale okay about children's toys that come to life it's just it it is pure goodness and i would say this was i would say toy story 2 is probably my least favorite but still great yeah yeah it's it's pretty good um yeah three like compared to three where i think three has that moment where they're like they're gonna fucking do it they're gonna kill these toys in front of these children (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Toy Story 2 is like a fucking walk in the park. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, it tugs at your heartstrings a little bit, but it gets you through. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, at no point was I, did I think I was going to, like, start crying. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like, and in every other Toy Story will do that. Like, I, I'm like, I can't, I can barely contain myself. I can't, uh, I, can't I can't handle it, man. I it's, will say, uh, I do have a, a big soft spot for uh, uh, You've Got a Friend in Me. Oof, that starts going and I'm just like, oh, oh, that's nice. That's that's and, a, I, I cracked a tear on that one for sure. And to say that was actually one of my notes is I think why this one didn't crack it for me was because uh, the song that they have for the um, for the relationship between the little girl and uh what's her oh um uh, jesse oh my yep. god how jesse thank you oh the my cowboy, god like, yeah. how am i already stuck that's not good <laughs> <laughs> no so jesse yeah so the song that they did it to me and i i it just completely pulled me out of it i was like oh this is like too i don't know if little it, on the nose yeah like it was just too it, it sounded like something that could have been in like a romantic, a romantic movie. You know what I mean? Like it just sounded, but like, but like a Hollywood mm. B movie, something you would see on Hallmark. Yeah. It yeah, felt, yeah, yeah. it felt like a weird drop for me personally. It, it def, yeah. I, I was definitely aware that between Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3, like Pixar really figured out how to do the tearjerkers. Like they, like, like they upped their game. Dude, when they're uh, you know about I mean? to fall into the incinerator, like I, yeah, like in Toy Story full 3? on bowling. Yeah, yeah full absolutely. on, like I can't, I can't handle myself. Like I just can't um, handle it. Yeah, well, I guess, and, and we'll get to the villains of this in a bit, but for those of those of you who haven't seen Toy Story 2, I mean, obviously give it a watch. Uh, it's, uh, it, it picks up where Toy Story uh, 1 leaves off. So all the toys are in Andy's uh, closet and whatnot and, uh, Buzz and Woody are, are getting along now. And basically, uh, this little squeaker toy gets accidentally sent out for um, to a garage sale, right? Uh, Woody goes out to rescue him and accidentally gets uh, put on the uh, uh, table to be sold. And this guy, Al, comes along and realizes that Woody is a collectible. 
a very valuable toy from like the 40s or 50s or whatever it is and uh does legitimately steal him he tries to buy it and then like steals from a uh steals from a, a yard sale and is trying to put these uh woody together with the rest of his set which is jesse the cowboy cowgirl there's uh, bullseye the horse and prospector pete and once he has this collection he is going to sell it to japan where they're going to be in a museum and prospector pete also a toy he's like in his box it's never been opened and he really just wants people to stay together because he's like i've been on the shelf my entire life no one's ever opened or played with me uh so he's trying to like get woody to stay and become part of the museum and uh meanwhile buzz lightyear and the t-rex and piggy bank and slinky dog are all trying to save woody and Woody kind of has to make some choices about whether he stays with his old friends or his new friends. And in the end, it all uh, all works out. Uh, did I miss anything? Like, I think no, there's like think lots you, of subtle. I think you nailed that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who did you peg as the villain of this? Okay. Then? So we kind of have two villains going on here. And one I agree with much, much more than the other. Okay. So <laughs> our, I would believe our two main villains, if you you could kind of sprinkle in Zerg a bit as like a side, like funny, like more yeah, of a yeah, comical yeah, yeah. opposition to them. Right. Um, but we've got, we've got the prospector. Okay. We've got stinky Pete and we've got Al. Okay. We've got Al McWiggin <laughs> played by Wayne Knight. <laughs> Fantastic. Who just voices a villain like Newman. If, if you don't recognize the name yeah. Wayne Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. The the voice acting in this movie is out of control. Like the actors they got and the just the every everybody you want to hear in a kid's movie, basically. Absolutely. Is, yeah. Yeah. Everybody you want to hear in a kid's movie. So I would say those are our two main villains. I agree 100%. And I think both are pretty defensible, honestly. I think there's... Ooh, I like yeah. this. Okay. So... so I'm going to let you start, I think. Okay, so I think the least defendable one is probably Al. Okay? Yeah. Uh, would you agree? Like, is that yes. was that your take? So that's the guy that you think is indefensible. So uh, I will say that the... Yeah, to me, yeah. Or in a lot of areas, I'm like, okay, well, I disagree with you here. There are moments where I was like, okay, I can see why you're pissed, or I see why you're doing what you're doing. Um, but I would say there is one act... That well, it's makes stealing him from a garage sale. Yeah. So it's, is it the stealing from the garage sale? Yes, it is. Yeah. Anything okay. after that, totally fine. Anything, honestly, anything this guy does outside of straight up stealing is fine to me. I, I think he's a totally redeemable character otherwise. But because we start with that, ah. And I think that's got to be very intentional on their behalf. Because like if, if like a different version of the script where Woody mm -hmm. gets put on the table and his uh, Andy's mom doesn't realize that Andy cares about Woody, right? And that that's his favorite toy and just sells it. You know, mistakes happen. Mm -hmm. uh, then that is, that's Al's property oh, now. This would have been And a everything slam he dunk. does from, them on, oh, from here on out is completely legit over the board and he gets fucked hard. Yes. But because we don't want it to seem like Andy's mom is. <laughs> negligent or doesn't realize that it's her son's favorite toy. <laughs> uh, he has to steal it. And that to me is the only thing that transitions him from villain uh, in, into to villain uh, from absolute victim. Yes. Uh, okay. Because, and, I w yeah. and I would love to kind of dive in and dissect the whole uh, yard sale scene because I think that's okay. our most, that's kind of, a, a, I think, a big moral scene, right? Because I don't know, I, Craig, have you gone to a lot of yard sales? Are you a yard a sailor? I've, I've, you know, I've been to a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would consider, I, I would consider myself a seasoned yard sailor, okay? So... I could understand. Firstly, the, the first thing this guy does when he discovers, you know, that there's this rare item, he kind of hides it under some other items. He's kind of like, OK, I'm going to kind of like be like, oh, I'll give you 50 cents for all of this or whatever. And I think we're supposed to see that like the this guy's like being like a sneaky guy. OK, and that he's trying to be sneaky. I'm like, no, that's yard sale game. OK, 
respect. Yeah. All right. That's absolutely what we should be. That's what, that's what you do at a yard sale. Because if you see something rare, okay. And you're like, and literally like Woody was in like a, you know, a 25 cents box. Okay. Like it's not insane for him to try and lowball this person being like, I don't think you know what you have. I'm going to try and buy it. That's a part of this. That's the whole thing, okay? People buy stuff from yard sales all the time and then find out that they have value later or maybe that they know they have value. Some people, like, specifically go out and try and find these items, okay? If you don't look into what you have, not my problem. Okay, it's sincerely not it's, my problem. It's junk that you want to get rid of, and if that's what you value it at, that's what you value it at. Exactly. I'm going to give yeah. you a real-life story. This ha- Okay, I used to, they used to do this thing in Ottawa. It was called the Great Glebe Garage Sale. Okay, and there's this big area in Ottawa called the Glebe, and it's like all these rich fucks. Anyway, um, and they all have this yard sale, and it's always great because, you know, you have enough money to afford to live in a house in Ottawa or own this house. You probably got some good stuff to sell, too. So every single yard has a yard sale, pretty much, or they'll let other people use it, or they'll have their family over and be like, we're going to do a big family yard sale on my lawn. They pick one day a year. My uh, One of my buddies, he was like, really gung-ho about going. I was like, okay, literally, I slept over at his house so we could get up at the crack of dawn to go. Because all the best stuff's out right at the beginning, right? The only problem is is that you can't... It's it's nearly impossible to negotiate with anybody that early in the morning because they haven't... You know what I mean? You're you're not dealing with desperate people here, okay? They're like, oh, I gotta pack all this shit back up and take it into my house. Yeah, Yeah. negotiations (laughs) pretty much start the last two hours of a yard sale, pretty much. Not saying you can't, but it's a lot harder first thing in the morning. Anyway, I see a woman selling an Xbox 360. Okay, and... I was like, okay, well, what do you, and this is like, this was like several years ago. This is when like, it was good to, like it was, that was the the latest one. Yeah, Yeah, that was the newest one, right? She's selling an Xbox 360 with like an extra hard drive on it and a controller. And I'm like, again, trying to be calm. (laughs) Because I'm like, don't, don't tip your hand. Okay, don't tip your hand. Don't let Uh, this lady know. I'll give you 15 for it. Yeah. She says, uh, I say, uh, how much do you want for this? She's like, I don't know. How much is it worth to you? I'm like, no, it's really like, just how much would you want? She's like, uh, well, would you, would you part with $15? And I was like, I sure would. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I, and again, just like, just calm. You're like poker face, poker face. Yeah, for sure. She's like, yeah, honestly, she was like, I have been screaming at my son for a year to do his homework. He hasn't done it. This is gone. And I was like, yoink, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. My mom sold my Xbox 360 at a yard sale for $15. You are somebody's villain of the week. Yes, yes, yes. 100% I am. 100%. Oh my God. I ran. I started the car. I was like, start the car. We're start getting the- out of here. Like, I'm no fucking way. And I swear to God, dude, this like this was the best yard sale day I've ever had in my life. Same day, I bought a Game Boy Advance for $5 oh. and Pokemon Crystal for a buck. And I was like, well, we can just retire. We can retire. <laughs> <laughs> and Rebecca goes into her uh, burrow to hibernate for winter. Dude, uh, that was the best yeah. day. Oh, man. Yeah, that woman so- was not. Yeah, yeah. when she yeah. got back in the house, it wasn't good. <laughs> No, I can imagine that's uh, that mom made a mistake, yes. uh, which I think, you know, the mom, Andy's mom would have caught hell for selling this at, at the garage sale. Um, but to give to, to get back, the long explanation yeah. was to basically say if something is out as a yard sale, you are responsible to know its value. Not me. Yes. Not the person. Like, if I know that and you don't. Well, I'm sorry. I've of the attitude of tough shit. <laughs> and it, this becomes complicated because. Um, there's a bit of moral relativism going on here. We're based on what we've defended on the podcast before. I don't think stealing from a yard sale is necessarily all that bad. I mean, it is, okay. it is made worse by the fact that she goes, this is not for sale. It is made worse by the fact that you do know the actual value of it. 
Uh, and but, like, what makes it worse is you had to go into a money box to get yeah. it. Like I it's, think, it's, like as soon as it's locked then. away, I'm like, there's you, you've you've passed too many hurdles. You've been wrong too many times in a row. Like you pursued it. She said no because that's also something that I wanted to talk about, and I was interested to see your opinion on this. If something is out in a yard sale, is that person allowed to be like, no, that's not for sale, even if it's out? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and I am absolutely of that opinion as well. This is your private residence, okay? Some things can happen, you know what I mean? Mistakes can happen, what have you. Yeah, I put my iPhone down on the counter while I'm talking to somebody. That doesn't mean you get to buy my iPhone up. Yes, right? like, okay, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. this isn't the Wild West, okay? <laughs> and, and it's also, this is my yard sale. I don't care if she looked at him and was like, I don't like the way you're talking to me. I'm not selling that to you. Fine. That's your right. Okay. Yeah. That is truly your right in this moment. So, so I a hundred percent agree that this is the one moment that makes him a villain rather than a victim. And I think like if, if I could just argue hard enough, we could get over it and we can realize <laughs> all the really great stuff that he actually did. So first of all, Woody is damaged and he damages him. He rips his, he nearly rips his arm off. Mm -hmm. Uh, right. And Al realizes how valuable he is as a collector's item and as part of this set and hires a guy to come and meticulously restore Woody. And Woody is fucking thrilled by this. He gets his arm sewn back on and it's a good job. Like, did you see that guy? Did you see that artist at work? He's got that kit. He's got all these the old eyeballs chair. and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the... In the in the, the world that Toy Story occupies, that is an absolutely horrifying box of horrors because it's like literally toy parts just like hanging around. <laughs> like it's like Frankenstein's monster. It's like Dr. Frankenstein's lab is basically what that place is. But restored perfectly. You know what I mean? His yeah, hair gets I... airbrushed back on. He's like good as new. Um, so, so Al is a guy who cares about toys. He cares about, um, he, he owns a toy store which for some reason all the other toys seem to fucking hate, which like, that's, what are you, do, what are you doing? Like, that's, that's where toys come from. Uh, um, you know, and, and he's selling it to a museum to be preserved for all time, and he's selling it for a lot of money. Uh, which, the fact that it's stolen is a little weird, but he's got like four-fifths of the set, right? So let's, let's give him that, like, he, he owes four fifths he, he's owed four fifths he he owns jesse he owns pete he owns bullseye and he loses all of them yes he does <laughs> <laughs> he loses all of them that whole scene where uh everything's getting kind of like lost everything's starting to like all the toys are leaving and shit i was like this this looks like airport propaganda to me you know what i mean like look Sometimes the luggage loses itself. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Sometimes it's not our fault. The sometimes, luggage is lost on its own. <laughs> sometimes the luggage comes to life. And yeah. I love the idea that like the airport people came and like pitched this to Pixar being like, okay, hear me out. We've got a big problem with losing luggage. <laughs> so here's what we want. Can you do a full length feature? CGI anime thing about how luggage comes to life and wanders off on fun little adventures. And Pixar was like, no, but I'll tell you what we will do. <laughs> we'll put you in Toy Story 2. <laughs> I'm and, telling you, dude. <laughs> that and, whole scene, I was like, yeah, I've had luggage do that before. <laughs> just walk away. Uh, but I, one more thing I do want to say about him losing all this. So we know that he's selling it to a museum in Japan for a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, and he says this to the clerk and the people taking the bags and it's framed as being very mean uh, and it is kind of elitist and I think I would like certainly roll my eyes at anybody who said this to me at my job but he goes be careful with that that is worth more than you make in a year mm. and mm. I don't like it Craig I don't like, I don't it. like it I don't like it either I don't like that, that you would say that to a person but assuming he's not exaggerating, mm -hmm. he's probably out like tens of thousands of dollars. 
Oh, like no, it's not tents. about... It's not the about... Uh, okay, here's my problem, all right? It's never about the money, okay? To sure. me, it's not like... Like, if he if he looked at that guy and was like, listen, be careful with this. This is worth $50,000. Valid comment. Okay, valid concern. I think you might even be able to get away with being a little curt to me, quite frankly, okay? Yeah, sure. You this make is Stradivarius. This, you this make this a, about me... You yeah, make yeah, this yeah. about me right now and about, like, this is more than your yearly salary? What, why you get a dunk on me right now? Okay, you didn't ha- I wasn't involved in this. You didn't need to bring me into it, okay? There was I was no- going to do my job up until now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't even have to be much. This is worth three Honda Civics. I don't care what way you put this yeah. into terms for me, but it can't be about me, man. Yeah, Okay, the true. second you pull me in, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, I love that shit. I love the idea that there's a scene where he gets off the plane in Japan and finds this open thing. He's like, I wonder how that happens. And they just smash cut back to this is worth more than you make in a year. And he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pissed yes. off the people making my food. That's what I did. <laughs> Why is there spit in this burger? Oh, because I was mean to my weight staff. <laughs> Yeah, like, don't, it's, again, that, like, one of the number one rules is just, like, don't mess with the people that are serving you, okay? There's no reason to talk down to these people. There's no reason for you to be this extra, okay? Just tell me it's worth a lot, or, more importantly, carry it on. How dare you not carry that on? How dare you? That's, those things Four dolls? Absolutely, that is scary. I'm sorry, and I just, and I know this isn't necessarily fair, because I understand that when the airline accepts something, they are accepting a certain amount of responsibility for this item. But every time I see somebody be like, so I tried to take my, I, I, I put my, like, Mac computer, okay, and I sent that through, and it smashed, and it's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> of course. Like, what did you think was going to happen? I'm sorry it happened to you, okay? I'm not. But, like, at the same time, bring a laptop, carry it on, okay? Yeah. When people are like, oh, I lost my, like, whatever, like, $5,000 worth of camera equipment. I'm like, that's a carry-on. That's a carry-on. <laughs> a lot of stuff is too big to carry on, though. Like, if you've got $5,000 worth of camera Ooh, equipment, that's, okay. like, a hard case. <laughs> I'm going to, okay, I'm going to go Which, ahead. by the way, do, they also lost because they, the toys broke open this camera case and we're using that to, to, to free everybody. Dude, no, so somebody else you, got fucked over by these toys too. Have, have you seen how large of a carry-on you're allowed to have? <laughs> it's uh, big. Yeah, it's right. bigger than you think it is. People get on, I see people, I've seen people get on planes with stuff where I'm like, that's a fuck you carry-on. That's a fuck you to the rest of the passengers. That's a carry-on that's so big that if I had... More than a purse, I would be screwed. You know what I mean? Like, if you sit with that person, you immediately become screwed. Okay. Carry it on. Carry it on. Ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Another thing that I I will point out, and this, I think, segues well into our other villain, which I think will be far more interesting, Mm. uh, which is that Al does care about toys enough that he wants to put them in a museum, uh, which is a service to these toys. One, even if they are just inanimate objects, that's like preserves their heritage and like culture and all the rest. But also knowing that the toys are alive, uh, what Pete says is we get to live in a museum and be adored by children forever rather than rotting away in a landfill for the rest of our lives. Whew. Whew. I'm suddenly, I'm suddenly pro museum. You know what I mean? I don't know. I think I would take, I think I would honestly take dumpster apocalypse. I think that'd be fun for a toy dumpster apocalypse as a toy story two toy. Come on. Uh, You know what I mean? You could really build your own society. There could be a lot of things going on there. I'm not opposed to it. It's all I'm trying to say. I'm not opposed to that. (laughs) I don't know. I just, it seems, but like, just imagine you're, you're thrown in a bin and you're just buried and you can't move because you're a toy. You're not strong enough. And you just spend eternity as a sentient being uh, compressed between dirty diapers and like an old toaster, just like aware that you were once loved and you were discarded. Like, well, that's not thing. as fun as my vision. I will no! say that. <laughs> here's the thing. Jesus that, Murphy. The, <laughs> the idea that the, the ideas put forward by the toy story franchise are horrifying. 
Yes, that is true. There are several moments within the the entire franchise where I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> the like, this is some. It was like when I, I don't know if you ever got on the Marie Kondo phase. I wrote like that, Marie that tra- Kondo down th- as that, that, that would be that would be these toys Hitler is what <laughs> I was saying. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I mean, okay. For me, when I, when I, I did, I went through that phase. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that to my whole apartment. That makes sense to me. But this concept of like picking things up and being like, do I have a deep emotional attachment to this? It's, it's, I don't think that's healthy. (laughs) I can be honest with you. I kind of, I had two weeks in my apartment to myself and I was like, I'm going to do this whole, I'm going to do my whole joint. I'm going to do the whole spot. Right. And I got into like a week and a half and I was like, I might be going crazy. Like I might be digging myself into some sort of weird mental pit because this is messed up. This is not, a, it, it's weird to look at every item and assess it in that manner. I will say this. The only, if you miss the train on Marie Kondo, the only good piece of advice that I felt that she gave that was really effective is that if you're going to clean your apartment, don't or like if you're trying to reorganize everything and get rid of stuff, don't do it room by room. Collect all the same things. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, that's actually that was the best piece of advice because then you can see all of it. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize like I had this much like you know uh, cream because I had some in this room and some in that room and some in that room. And it's just good to I think do that but everything else i was like that's a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't want to fold my socks a certain way that looks like a fucking nightmare uh i forgot about uh, the folding yeah uh but here's the thing so as somebody who does instinctively attribute uh emotional states to inanimate objects just on my own one because i think it's funny and then it's only funny until i go too far and then i start feeling bad for things uh (laughs) the (laughs) <laughs> a bit of a side thing. So, okay, this is so dumb. This is uh, one of the things that Kat first fell in love with me for was I would do this thing called that we have called Sad Spoon. Um, so, <laughs> I love so, it already. Like if I dr- if I dropped a spoon on the floor, right? You're like, oh, I can't use that spoon anymore, and you throw it in the sink, right? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But I would put on this voice, and I'd be like pretend I was the spoon and be like, oh, all I wanted to do was help you eat soup. And now I'm never going to get to. And I would just keep talking like that and make her like, uh, until you felt actually bad. I did it for the trampoline that my neighbors had leaned in their backyard and like, all the rest. <laughs> I would do this all the time. And with that in mind, the implication that I have to, be aware of an inanimate object and what their wants and needs are is just too emotionally burdensome to me. Like the idea that toys are fulfilled when they uh, are played by children and that anything else that happens to them is somehow a- an affront or an abuse or, or, or mean to these toys. I do not have the emotional bandwidth to do that. No, right no. <laughs> Shut it down. I can't. I can't. Especially considering that in Toy Story 4, which if you haven't seen, there is a there it's very well established that anything can become a toy if a child plays with it. Yeah. So like a, a fork and pipe cleaners become sentient and it's very funny. It's played by Zach Galifianakis. But the idea that that a child's intent can imbue sentience Mm -hmm. is horrifying to me. Yeah. And I think to your point also means that stinky Pete mentally is working out off of a deficit here. He has never been played with. Okay. He hasn't had the full, I I, I think even the full amount of uh, real like character realization, the, because when we see like, if you, if, if you look at the introduction of Buzz Lightyear, Okay, Mm -hmm. the new Buzz Lightyear that's like living in this this weird world where he is still Buzz Lightyear, as we see in the first movie, makes sense, doesn't realize he's a toy, works great. Okay, but if you've never been out of your box and you've never been played with and you don't understand this heartbreak, 
and you probably aren't even your fullest self yet. Okay. You haven't even been afforded the opportunity of that. Okay. Ooh, yeah. No, I completely understand where this character's coming from. Okay. And something that I really, really wanted to touch on, because I think this is where he gets, he, this is so wrong to me. Okay. The thing that makes me the most mad is what, what toy producer would call a toy the prospector and think that toy is going to sell? Well, Come was, on, T. That's a character. No, that's a, no, no <laughs> shut it down. Call him Stinky Pete or call him nothing. Okay, Fair because enough. the prospector sounds like the most boring toy on the goddamn <laughs> planet. <laughs> Kids, do you want this toy? The accountant? Oh yeah, the accountant's just flying off the shelves. Okay. What, what do you What do you mean, Rebecca? He's got his sextant and he's got his uh, his geodes and his. Uh, no. Come no, on, come, come on. He's, on. He's surveying the the land for for elevation and vegetation. Come on. Yeah, come yeah. On. yeah. Who, the prospector who is yeah. not striking fun into the hearts of children. I'm yeah. sorry. This guy was was done wrong from the start. Okay. Fair Whatever enough. marketing team was on that, they they did not set him up for success. I will uh, not accept this. That's fair. That's fair. And presumably there were versions of him that were played with, but like but you raised a really good point, which is that um it seems to be that the the rules of this world is that toys are sort of born or created uh with with them believing that they are their character, right? And it is only through play with children that they become aware that they are toys and start to have their own personality. So presumably at some point, Woody believed he was Woody the Cowboy, star of the TV show Woody's Roundup, um, and acted as such. And the only reason that he is who he is and loves Andy is because Andy has imbued him with these personality traits. Like, it's almost like the kid's imagination creates them. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I think that I can follow that string of logic for sure. So how is it that, like, this has never been betrayed that these toys, like, how, how is it the toys have never revealed themselves, is my point. Because, like, if you if you think you're Buzz Lightyear or you think you're Woody the Cowboy, you're not going to drop dead and pretend like you're not alive the second somebody walks into a room. That's a toy rule, right? Yeah, but I think it's like some sort of, I think it's like some sort of law that they all kind of know or something or like it's, or some sort of like defense mechanism, maybe. I don't know. But it's not like they have to, right? Because like they hide under pylons and they sneak around when there's humans around. Yeah, but I think that's only when you're aware that you are a toy. Mm. It's kind of like you, 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 you realize that you're in the matrix. Like once you know, you can adjust the rules. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. That makes you know sense. what I mean? Like, once yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'll, world you're in, you can make your own rules? I'll buy that. Ah, uh, that's, a, yeah, that's a weird connection, but we're going to... So, so, so but, but by that logic, though, so you're saying that Pete is... Stinky Pete is still partially his character? Or do you think he's just, like... I think... The personality he's been imbued with has been mm. based on him being on a toy shelf for 50 years? Because I, well, I think it's kind of 50-50 in the sense that because he's been able to interact with toys that have been played with, he has been affected as well right. to a certain degree because you have been influenced by the outside world. He hangs out with Jesse. He knows Jesse. Okay. And now that we brought up Jesse, I would like to make what I think is the most important point here is that he is validly very concerned about Jesse's mental health. She, this this girl does not want to go back into a box. And I 100% agree with her because being on a shelf is very different than being in a box. Okay. It is two very, very, truly very different things. Okay. The idea of being in the dark for Lord knows how long, indefinitely. Because also when you look at kind of the style of that little girl and when she grew up, she was probably in a box for a while. You know what I yeah. mean? These aren't like they, this isn't like Andy's time. This is a different generation. Okay. Jesse's been in a box for a minute. Yes. Yes. She's been in solid. They've both been in solitary confinement forever. <gasps> oh, God. Not being able oh. to see her move. Like Chilling. It's, it's, it is. And that's what I mean. Like when he says, 
Yeah. We, we'll live forever in a, in a display case and be admired by children from afar or be rot in a landfill. Like, and he's like, yes, you can go back and, and be with Andy, but how long is that going to last? Right? Chilling. Chilling. Yeah, and also if you leave... Okay, and I think one of the... A big offense of Woody is that he doesn't suggest them leaving with him earlier. And no, he, this becomes an idea later on. And no point, like when he's first introduced, that would have been my first call. Like, listen, I'm leaving and all of you guys are coming with me. <laughs> right? Why isn't yes. that the first plan? That should be the first plan. That shouldn't be the plan that shows up later and being like, hey, wait a minute. Maybe you guys could come along instead of being imprisoned for life. Well, and I think it's because uh, Woody probably has a very warped view of like belonging to somebody, which you kind of see through the rest of the movies. Like he's like, I'm I'm Andy's toy. I belong to Andy. Mm. Uh, so like, I think he just probably is like, so these are Al's toys. They belong to Al, so they stay with Al and they support Al. It's like, it's like kind of it's kind of like being like, why would you ever leave your husband? Husbands are great. <laughs> right? Chilling. <laughs> My husband's great. I love him. You should stay with your husband, too. Uh, <laughs> like, that doesn't necessarily apply to everybody. Um, no. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, the other thing I really will give to Pete as well is um, Woody, Woody, when he's like, I need to get back to Andy. And he goes, well, what do you mean? He's like, I didn't know you had an owner. And he goes, well, I, Al got me at a garage sale, but really I belong to Andy. He goes, oh, like you don't have an owner then. Like you were picked up at a garage sale. Like they don't know all the theft sort of th the thing yeah. that we discussed off the top of this, right? He's just like, listen, man, this may be hard for you to hear, but toys get gotten rid of. Uh, you don't have that home to go home to anymore. Mm -hmm. You got dumped, buddy. You're better off staying here with us. Which is something that's really explored in Toy Story 3. Yes. Yes. I, I talk about a villain being right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's entirely, everything Pete warned against is entirely borne out in Toy Story 3. Yes, absolutely. That this, that this isn't a long-standing thing. If you come with me, we can do this forever and be, know we're going to be fine. No, we'll have that, each other. Yeah, know that an old man is going to roll in, you know, whatever, once a year and clean your face. Like, and you get to look at kids having joy for you. I don't but know if it's... I, also, that's the thing that I couldn't figure out. I was like, is it is it actually giving the kids joy that brings joy to you? Or is it the physical act of play? Because yeah, those are two know. different things and does change kind of the tone if it's just like you're locked in a box and this is miserable for you, even though all these kids love you. I would say like given that there's a uh, that it's a toy museum, presumably that they're going to like, it's not going to be mm -hmm. like Woody, Jesse, Prospector, Pete, and then a fucking dinosaur skeleton next to them. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. uh, it's going to be a room filled with toys. They can get out of their glass cases at night. That's going to be a fun place to be. Are you kidding? A toy oh, museum at night? I even, yeah. It's like, oh, there's gonna be there's gonna be Barbies there, right? There's gotta be. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be GI Joes. There's gonna be there's gonna be some weird Japanese shit, like absolutely fucking crazy transforming robots and stuff like that. They have the best toys. They have the best toys. That's you know uh, that's that is a fucking rager party. You 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 know what that is? You know what the, the toy museum in Japan in this movie is? It is the old folks home where they fuck. That is what <laughs> that is. Yeah, like, I'm just thinking like night at the museum, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're gonna have a blast, buddy. It's like we're retired. We don't do our day jobs. I used to be an accountant. I'm retired now. Now I'm the only uh man in a in a, a room full of uh old women because Life expectancy works that way. And uh, like everyone's just having the time of their lives. That's what that is to those toys, you know? I yes, I think that's a great pitch. I would I would 100% be in for that if I was a toy. That's vacay. Yeah. That's a party, dude. I, yes, there are... Pete deserves it. I'm going to go, I, he deserves that retirement. I thought Pete deserved... Okay, that's... that's Now, and because... It's because of this podcast is why I feel this way. But honestly, looking at it from his perspective, I was like, oh, man, you at least deserved... I... Okay. What I think is that he should have ended up with a kid, but not a kid that's going to destroy him. 
You know what right. I mean? Like maybe if it's like, oh, he learned his lesson that this is actually a much better future for him and was going to be for everybody else as well. That's something I could get behind. But they're like, oh, yeah, she's an artist. You're going to get your, your, your shit messed up, man. I love it, though. Like, especially it's I mean, it's dramatic irony in that he's yes. the pristine, uh, mm-hmm. never opened box. And then this is a girl that's going to draw over him. But also like. <laughs> the Toy Story movies have like a weird way of like play shaming people uh, or kids where they're like, if if you play this way, that's bad for the toys. But if you play another way, that's good. Like if you use your imagination and draw pictures on boxes, that's really fun. But like it, this is this is the first movie. But Sid is like blowing up army men with like, you know, rockets and stuff like that, which like borderline psychotic but he's not doing it to animals right like who <coughs> I'm, I'm sorry but rebecca if you told me like hey craig come on over in my backyard i've got a firework and i've strapped a, a an army man to it i'd be like cool i'll see that <laughs> like yeah 100%. that sounds fun let's do that yeah yes. <laughs> like you know we'll make sure that we stand back and, and are safe about it but like yeah fucking uh also like just yo oh you chop it up and build your own toys great oh so creative so that fucking is creative. true. That you is know? true. Yes. I think that's a really great point. And I think they do touch on that as well with Woody, where when he gets stitched up again, he's got the red stitching and his one arm's a little bigger than the other. And I'm like, that's good because that looks more like a toy. Like this kid doesn't care that this is a collectible. This is something to be played with. This toy now thinks he's got one really strong arm. That's awesome. I, I missed like that, that we, point. I missed that though. Oh, no, yeah, he's got, like, red, like, Andy stitches him up, and he's got a red stitching on his arm instead of one that matches, and it's got a little more fluff than the other side, so it just looks like he's kind of Popeye. Oh, yeah, I must have missed that detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's, and and I think you are right. They kind of have gone back on the first message a little bit, where it's like, no, this is, it, it might be okay if it's a little fucked up, because that Barbie does look like she's enjoying herself. Yes, I don't think very yeah. highly of the skills yeah. of the kid. You know, yeah. like, she's great. She's an artist. Yeah. So I think they do kind of go back on that point of like, oh, yeah, like you can play with your toys however you want to play with them and they'll enjoy it if you're enjoying yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it's more that. I don't know. You got to suffer through a tea party or like, man. you know, are you going up on a rocket? Like it's it's <laughs> ah, man. none of my Barbies had any goddamn necks. <laughs> Um, sorry, none of, sorry. What? None of my bar. Okay, this is. Did your what? your did your sister play with Barbies? Yes, absolutely. And for some reason, you as your brother did not pull off all of the heads of her Barbies. Oh no, I wasn't really good with. Oh that. no, see, my brother pulled off all of the heads of my Barbies. Oh, so sorry. And they had you, necks. They only had necks. N- no, in the sense of once you pull the oh, mechanism, once you I, pull it off, if you pull that, if you put the head back on, that Barbie no longer has a neck. Right, like that it goes neck all is the way gone. Down. Yeah, it yeah, because you got to sit see, I see. it. <laughs> oh, just devastating! I gotta tell you, <laughs> just devastating uh, news. <laughs> I had much different energy where I like actually built a toy to play with my sister's Barbie. So like, this is oh man, this is so weird. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, we never got fruity pebbles, so I do not understand why we had this. But one of the prizes in what the one and only box of fruity pebbles that we ever had was uh, Dino. Remember Dino the dinosaur from Flintstones? Yeah, and it was an eraser that was okay. shaped like Dino's head. And for some reason, I took that and decided it'd be a great head for something else. So instead of sticking it on a pencil, I stuck it on a, you know those discs where you pull the cord and the, the helicopter goes up? Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I had the launcher of one of those and I stuck it on there and I was like, look, when you spin it, his head spins. Isn't that funny? And then I stole a, um, stole a Hawaiian shirt, which I think belonged to Ken, uh, and like dressed this... <laughs> thing in this Hawaiian shirt. So it was this dinosaur headed uh, Hawaiian shirt guy that I called Dino because I wasn't very creative. But like I invented an entire backstory for him and he had his sidekick, uh, Igorian, who was just like a little, you know, like a puffball spider that you get at like Halloween. Like it's a pom-pom spider with googly eyes. It was one of those. And they went on like hilarious adventures like slapstick adventure. i drew comic books about it and stuff and like i would use this this thing to like play with my sisters but like i was always like goofing around like he was like a mr bean type uh character and it's like that's that that was my toy 
Yeah, this is <gasps> very love... different. I'm revealing way too much about myself. <laughs> if there's... So Dino the dinosaur. I would just love if there was like, like, like um, you know, when you see like a script notes and stuff when you're reading through a script. Dino, a Mr. Bean type, yes. walked in. Like, <laughs> and like he was a superhero at various points too. Like it was real fucking weird. Like it's 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 so telling that I ended up doing this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's it's great. just clear cut. Okay, uh, so a point that I would love to make just against Woody. Because he has one trait that I'm always like, I don't get this. I don't know why everybody allows you to do this and have this attitude. Every time he speaks about, like, Andy, he kind of, not so much at the end of the movie, but really off the top of the movie, it really becomes this idea of, like, I'm Andy's favorite toy. Of course I'm going. I'm with Andy. And I'm like, do you realize you're talking to other toys right now? Like, like none of these guys get to go. And it just becomes this like, oh, woe is me. And I'm like, everyone else is here too. Okay, you can relax. Every toy here wants to be played with. Every toy here wants to be Andy's favorite. And just because you are doesn't mean you get to constantly talk about it. All these toys want to be played with too. He's got a really big ego on for how he's the favorite. And sometimes I'm like, all right, take a knee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a holdover from the first movie, right? Where that's his entire motivation. Like he, he flat up tries to murder Buzz Lightyear <laughs> by pushing him out a window. Uh, yes. <laughs> so like, you know, he's, he's showing some progression, uh, but like, yeah, he's still got some work to do. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Uh, and I don't understand this idea. Like the, the penguin, so like the penguin's kind of like this squeak toy that's been left yeah. on the end because his, first of all, I have never in my life had a toy where it's like, well, the squeak's broken on this. It's dead to me. I was like, that was probably the most annoying thing about that toy, quite frankly. I would prefer if it didn't squeak, to be honest with you. This is a big improvement. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? And again, I know this, this whole concept of like, okay, you have an owner and like having an owner is really important and you don't know where you're going next. It might be to the mouth of a dog. I have no idea. But honestly, if it was me, if I'm moving from the shelf, let's go see where I'm going. (laughs) Maybe I'm going somewhere good. Uh, That's why. Thank you for bringing up the dog because there's a, a, a very dark implication that like, if you, if, what is a dog toy? Like, can a dog imbue a toy with purpose? And yeah. like, uh, does that mean that they enjoy being chewed on and destroyed as dog toys? Like, it's it's it's. This is this is not a rabbit hole you want to fall down if no. you want to worry about how you're treating things. Uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dig into it too deep. No, I think too really, deep. Toy Story movies are for you to go. I'm a kid again. Let's be a kid again it's for fun. an hour and a half and enjoy ourselves and have some good, funny little laughs. Honestly, again, for my least favorite of the Toy Stories, this one still really holds up. Still holds it's up. still really fun to watch. The only thing that doesn't hold up, and this took me out of it right away, is, oh my God, some of this janky CGI. Uh, very specifically, Andy and the humans. I was just like, I remember this being so good. Like, so good. And I watch this now, and I'm like, Andy, watching him play with the toys, this is, this is like horror. Like, we would, we would mock this movie if this came (laughs) out today of how, how absolutely terrifying that kid is. And the weird thing is, when this came out, I remember my sister went to go see it in the theater, my younger sister, and she came home and was like, the part where Woody's crawling across the guy's face looks so real. And I, I, I watched it this time, I was like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> nope, this, this doesn't hold up at all. And it's yeah. it's remarkable how far they've come with this, but like, yeah. No, it's, yeah, there's, there's parts the, where it's there, like, ah. Yeah, certainly. But Run honestly, like, I'm really just here for the bits. Okay, what bits are we doing? Like, the shot at the end where it's, they have the, um, the luggage carrier outside. Chef's kiss. Love it. Just that that shot of like, how did they because, you know, as an audience member, you're like, but how did you guys get home from the airport? (laughs) And just that zoom out from the window is perfect. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Case solved. Yeah. Ah, great. Just causing accidents. I mean, if anybody's the the real villain. They they 
fucked up the traffic on that street so they bad. They fucked up a lot of people's days, that, for sure. They they jackknife a truck <laughs> and a giant uh, cement sewer rolls off the back of it and down the street. Someone died from that. You know what I mean? Like, that was rolling downhill. Like, so that happened actually in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, when I was living there, there was a giant roll of iron or uh, steel, I guess it is, because that's, that's what it is, because there's all these foundries or whatever, and it, it rolled off a truck and rolled down the street and smashed into a bank. Like, and, and took the bank out kind of thing. Like, crazy it it happens but it's yeah. it's it's ridiculous so if we're talking real villains maybe <laughs> maybe the uh, toys that caused a major traffic accident yeah buzz lightyear for sure buzz lightyear a tall is yeah. the uh, is the <laughs> that I, I would say I, i've got <laughs> one side villain um which is um any 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 producer of programming that's willing to cancel something one episode before it's done. That's cruel. <laughs> that's some, that is really mean. We, I, and I get it for the plot line and everything, but like when they said that, I was like, who would be so cold? A kid's show, too. <laughs> Even just any show. Any show. You've got one more. <laughs> Let them do, do it. Let them do it. Come on. And, and, like, that was probably done live. You know what I mean? Like, that, like, live and then record. Like, it wasn't like they were editing that down. You know? Like, it's a yes. kid's show from the 50s, you know? Yeah, uh, dude. 40s, that, 50s, that and Rex's outrage for that you had to you had to get the magazine to figure out how to beat the game. I was like, as someone that plays a lot of video games and did in the past, you know what I mean? Before in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you couldn't just like look up a cheat code or something. Oh, did that really resonate in me? Like that just I was like, that hit me right in the heart. I know exactly what that is. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I spent yeah, money. so I would say those are my two side villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think for me, Al, honestly, as soon as you see he stole it, I was like, "Wow, you've 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 kind of lost me." I will agree. I think everything else he does is absolutely valid. He does not know that these things are alive. Okay, Key point. and that's I, I feel that's like a we very important that. point. Yeah, <laughs> he does not know that these toys are alive, and therefore everything that happens is valid, other than the fact that he literally steals a toy from a child, <laughs> which yeah. is where I have to say he is wrong. Uh, but uh, Stinky Pete, oh yeah, yeah, I'm here for you, my man. Yeah, Stinky understand. Pete, understand, absolutely. When he turns, when he turns off the control, because okay. Oh, sorry. Just to go back on one one other point, because there is a point where um, where Woody's trying to escape, and the TV gets turned back on, and then he gets screwed, and he's like, "Well, who did it?" And then it's like this reveal that it's uh, it was the prospector, right? Again, valid, and I would say even more valid because he at no point was offering to take them with you. You, you know what I mean? He wasn't yep. like, come with me, team. He was like literally going to leave you in a box again. Wow. Yeah, I'd be turning on the remote control too, sir. Right quick. Okay. Also, he he believes Woody to be delusional. He, he knows at this point that Woody has been sold at a garage sale and does not have an owner to go back to. So really, it's, it's, a, it's an act mm-hmm. of preserving Woody as well. Like, it's like, hey, listen, I'm going to break out of here and go back to my hometown. And you're like, Listen, buddy, your hometown's gone. There's nowhere to go back to. Everyone there is dead. You stay here with us or or, or not, right? Like like there's no there's no home to go back to. And yes. knowing that that's an act of mercy then. You know? Absolutely. And I just yeah, I think he's totally justified. Even at the end when he's like taking Woody apart, like he tries to take him apart a bit. We know at, even as the audience, okay, we know in this world. This means nothing. This is fine. This guy's going to be like this for whatever. This, I don't know how long it takes to fly to Japan. Probably a fucking long time. Um, Whatever. The 15 hours it takes you to get there or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. You're going to be like that for 15 hours. You're going to arrive. You're going to be fine. You're worth so much money. This guy is going to fix you up immediately. Immediately. Okay. You're going to have no issue. Honestly, I'm really on this dude's side. I'm really on his side. I get it. We're pro Pete. 
We're pro Pete. Yeah. Pete the prospector. Yeah. Pro Pete. Absolutely. Pro Pete. <laughs> uh, I think that I, that's all I really had to yeah. say about uh, Toy Story. How about you? You're, you're all done? Uh, so it is time to give our definitive rankings of how good the villain is. Uh, I did Al, uh, of course. Uh, yeah. So um, I did the uh, infinity and beyond scale. So a- actual facts about infinity. Uh <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, Al, on a scale of uh, the fact that some infinities are bigger than other infinities, Mm. uh, to uh, you accomplish an infinite number of things in a day. That's my head exploding, by the way. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give Al a, nuh-uh, it's mine times infinity, double stamped, no erases. Uh, (laughs) Because who's got time to deal with that childish nonsense? Uh, don't make me turn this car around. That's <laughs> that's my that's great. ranking for Al. Okay, I've got okay, I've got a weird scale. I've got if you have children in the car, skip past this. Um, so I've got so I've got uh, in the inappropriate toy scale. Okay, the inappropriate toy scale. I'm going to be rating uh, Stinky Pete. Okay. So I've got from uh, the Daddy Saddle, which is absolutely used to absolutely be a real toy. It was a saddle for Daddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you could ride around on him, right? Uh, all right, that's lunch. still not correct, I think. <laughs> still, but on the low end of not correct. That's why the it's the the front end one. To um, the water gun that was called the Two Finger Squirter. <laughs> absolutely a real toy that was recalled. Um, <laughs> I am going to give Stinky Pete uh, the uh, 1982 toy, the E.T. Finger Light, which looks, <laughs> if you look it up, if you Google it, um, looks exactly like the creepiest dildo you've ever seen in your freaking life. Um, and pretty sure rebranded as such. And I give Stinky Pete this because he has been royally screwed. Okay. <laughs> and that is why, that is my rating. For this poor, poor toy. <laughs> Love it. Absolutely. And we are going to get to our heroes and villains of the week soon. But uh, before that, uh, a couple ways you can help the podcast. Uh, so first of all, if you're, if you're listening and you enjoy it and you uh, hit subscribe and also uh, whatever podcast service you use, go ahead. If you can leave us a five-star review and maybe a quick one-sentence review, um, what that does is it helps the algorithms. You know, algorithms run the world and it helps other people discover the podcast. Uh, we've gotten lots of messages from people who have discovered the podcast that way. So you could take a couple seconds to do that. That's great. If not, hey, keep listening. That's great. Uh, as well, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, as we said, this was an audience suggestion. This won our audience choice poll after a third time's a charm. Uh, if you have suggestions or just want to get in touch with us, uh, VWR Podcast on Twitter. That's at VWR podcast on twitter villain was right on facebook and of course uh we've got the old email you can reach us at villain was right at gmail.com you've covered so much (laughs) (laughs) what do do we got patreon we've got patreon.com slash villain was right as always if you want to throw us a couple of bucks we really always appreciate it um i don't know if you can tell i'm on an upgraded microphone now boom 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 we're doing real business uh we really appreciate you guys uh if you've been supporting that uh again we have two bonus episodes a month if you want to hit those up extra choices um plus just a super secret we'll listen to you more no uh (laughs) we take all suggestions uh but yeah, guys, uh, also we have merch. If you want to get some merch, want to get on that merch train, hit us up. Absolutely. We've got links everywhere for this yeah. shit. <laughs> com for that, for yep. uh, Public. Yeah. Yeah, guys, Absolutely. you know where, you, you hear this everywhere, you know what it is. You, you know where it's at. And now it's our very special time. It is our Heroes and Villains of the Week. What do you got for us, Craig? Yeah, so mine's like just in the uh, in the toy uh, games uh, category. Um, I've been playing this for a couple months. My Hero of the Week is uh, the video game Hades, um, which is real fun. It is, uh, uh, I've been playing it like probably since October um, and it's, I'm still at it. And it, this is a, an absolutely remarkable game. Uh, it's a roguelike, like you're going through, you're trying to escape uh, Hades or whatever. But what just blows my mind about it is just how it just keeps going. And not in like, like the story keeps coming back. 
You know, like, 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 I kind of expected that, like, as you go through the game, you know, you accomplish one thing and that triggers an event or, like, unlocks a story. And it seems like no matter how many times you go through it or how far you get in what, what range or whatever, there's always just more story to be added. And it just keeps going and going and going and is so dynamic in a way that I, I just don't understand. And it's just, it's just super fun and entertaining. You can sit down and just, like, game it out for, like, half an hour and then, like, drop it and come back to it. I got it for Switch. Um, and I also want to say, uh, Rebecca, I know you've been playing it, too. <laughs> Buddy, it's ruining my life. <laughs> like, it's just ruining it. I yeah. can't stop playing. <laughs> It's so it's it's just so good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it uh, the song from this this uh, game. Uh, good riddance, uh, or sorry, all that remains. I think is it the one that uh, uh, oh they sing uh, the, the ah, anyway. Good riddance to all. Oh jeez, the ones <laughs> that remain. Anyway, it's a banger. It's a fucking banger. In the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, uh, I see. Okay, I see my, my problem is here. I uh, do not play with the sound on ever. Oh, really? I never I never play with the sound on. Never. I almost, I would say like 90% of video games I play with the sound off. Yeah. 90% probably. No, this, this, is, this is a song that uh, uh, I forget the character in this, but it's, uh, I think Orpheus and... Uh, you could anyway. They're all ancient Greek names. I can't really keep them straight. Uh, they she sings it as just this level that you get to, and it's it's haunting. It's like it's so good, and the voice acting is phenomenal. Hades, it's a great game. Every friend I know is obsessed with it. Rebecca, It'll ruin our producer, your life. Andrew. Yeah, uh, game of the year. Check it out. Uh, I check can't it out for sure. Stop it. It's a real pro. Like it's like actually. Like, I have to take time off. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I just have to be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to gonna take three days off because this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Um, this week I've got, I've got like um, a hero slash tip, perhaps. I don't know. I've, I've come, I've, I want to, maybe I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I wrote it down because I was like, guys, we need to start talking about pocket burgers more. Okay, and if you're at home wondering what a pocket burger is, let me educate you. Okay, it's the best. It's the best thing in the world. All right. Now this applies more, I think, when we're we're living our, our regular out and about lives, certainly. But here's a here's a hot tip for you. Okay, because this is something I do, and people think it's fucking weird. Okay, I'll give you an example. One night I went out. You know, you get you get drunk, you party, you have a fun time. You go you go tear it up with your friends. Have a good have a good evening. At the end of the evening, where are you? Ah, well, you know you're at McDonald's. Okay, you know. You're at McDonald's or equivalent, okay? Some sort of fast food situation, whatever your local is, okay? You order yourself a burger, maybe a combo. Who knows, okay? You're getting crazy. What you're going to want to do in this moment is order yourself a pocket burger, okay? What is a pocket burger? A burger that you put in your pocket, okay? Why? You may be asking yourself, well, firstly, keeps it warm, okay? That keeps that pocket burger warm. You put it in your pocket, smushes it just a tiny bit, okay? Especially when you're buying a cheap burger, that's great, okay? Smushes it just a little bit, and it keeps it warm, okay? Now, you ask yourself, why are you, why are you buying a second burger for your pocket? Because you're going to want another burger. Come on, we're all adults here. <laughs> Let's not be ridiculous. You're drunk, okay? You think one is enough. One is never enough. One is never enough. Then what happens, okay? You're a little drunk. Maybe you're too drunk. You get home. You've forgotten about Pocket Burger. <laughs> Guess what you do when you reach into your pocket to pick up your keys? <gasps> Remembrance of Pocket Burger. Oh my God, there's a burger in this pocket. The brilliance. The brilliance, okay? And in that moment, you will think, thank God for Rebecca Reed's telling me about pocket burgers, okay? These should be sweeping the nation, all right? I don't understand why people aren't on board with pocket burgers yet, but I, I stand by it as a, as a state. Pocket burger is my hero of the week. That's what I'm going to say. It's, it's better than finding a 20 in a winter jacket, right? Oh, like it is so much better. Dude, it, it, it's not even close. It's not even comparable. Can you imagine Except well, that you could use that $20 to buy a pocket burger. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But this is just, you, you're pulling out the middleman here. You know what I mean? You got to just get that burger in your pocket. Pocket burger. Love it. 
yeah. So you heard it here first, everybody. Get your pocket burgers. Uh, put them in your pocket. Uh, but I think that does it uh, for us this week on the podcast. Rebecca, where can people grab you? As always, you can follow me at Rebecca Reads on any spot you're choosing. That's R-E-B-C-C-A-R-E-E-D-S. Yeah, and you can grab me at Craig Fake Comedy on Facebook and Twitter as well. Uh, you can catch a, the set that I did at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Uh, it is now out on uh, CBC Radio's Laugh Out Loud. So uh, if you want to head there, just head to the CBC website and uh, CBC Radio and uh, check for the, I think it's the Millennials episode. Uh, I'm the last comic on there. So you can listen to that now. Um, and that's it for us this week on the podcast. Tune in next week where we are doing The Fast and The Furious uh, from two. 2001. That's the original one. Rebecca's looking at me. Uh, we watched the same movie, everybody. We, we did, pulled it up. We did it. Uh, which is not the, the, the 2005 sequel, Fast and Furious. Uh, we're watching the original. Uh, so uh, check in for that. And until then, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you that somebody poisoned the water hole. <laughs> The Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.